Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. The book of Galatians, if you would, with me today. The book of Galatians, chapter 4. Amen. Thank you for honoring my wife today, her birthday, 25 plus, plus, plus a couple. Y'all don't need to know nothing about the pluses. 25, looking good. Amen. Today is also Steve uh, Kitchen's birthday, I I believe. Uh, He was in the first service. I believe uh, Madeline had a birthday this week. Uh, Okay. How old you now? 18, 19, 20, 13. Okay, all right. Have me fueled. Have me fooled there, girlfriend. Amen. Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. When you have it, just say, I, I have it. Amen. Listen, this is a, a very interesting scriptures here. I, I love the book of Galatians, but, but listen to this scripture. He says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant. Though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors, under the elements of the world, even so we. Today, if you allow me, this is the first Sunday in 2020, and I have a word from the Lord on this first Sunday. I want to preach to this church today, tutors and governors, tutors and governors. If you have a, uh, if you have a Bible, you can put it down, lift your voice to heaven. And let's just pray together right now. God, we love you so much and we're so thankful for your word. I pray that your word will operate mightily in this house today. God, that you would hear us from heaven. That you would put your blessing upon this word now. Touch your manservant, God. Speak through me now that I can do your will. God, help us that we will not be hearers of this word only, but doers also. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Would you put your hands together now? Lift up your voice. Give God a shout of praise. And the church said in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. And you may be seated. Tutors and governors. Tutors and governors. Tutor, uh, to be tutored. Anybody ever been, been tutored before? About seven people, okay. The rest of y'all is smart. Y'all just smart. You don't need no tutors, you know. Uh, just... Uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so thankful to pastor such intelligent people. Um, how many have ever had the opportunity to have a tutor but did not take the opportunity because you didn't feel like you needed no tutor? Just me. Okay, good. I, got a couple of I had a tutor, I think it was the eighth grade, one tutor, and I, 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 I got tutored in math for one day. Uh, the name of the tutor, her name was Jamie Watts, and uh, I, I liked it. It hurt a lot. And when I found out that she was the math tutor, I was like, I, I, need, to be, I, I need to be tutored in math. It just dawned on me that I need to be tutored. And so I went to that first tutoring moment with her, and that was it. I never went back because uh, I realized my chances were zero. <laughs> Big fat goose egg on that one. So uh, only, you know, 
had that tutor for just one day. The tutor will train you in a certain subject, give you uh, intricate details of, uh, of a larger matter. You know, uh, just taking math, for example, not my strongest point in life, math. I can add, subtract. I can do long division sometimes, fractions. I'm okay. When they start putting letters in it is when I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Why? 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 I just learned the numbers. Now we're just adding letters in. We're just going to throw an A in there. For why? Yeah, exactly. And in my adult life, I've never needed to know the compositional fraction of what is A minus a number. Not yet. Maybe one day, but I haven't used it yet. Uh, but some of y'all, yes, yeah, yeah, exciting to you. You love math. I love math. I, I don't like you. <laughs> but I know you're here today. Yes, I love math. I don't love it. Uh, uh, but, you know, math is a, is a, is a, is a large subject. It's, it's so many. You have addition, subtraction, you know, division, multiplication, long, long division. You have uh, fractions. You got uh, trigonometry, algebra, geometry, other things, calculus. See, see. I know, what, I know what they're called. I just don't know how to do them. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I understand that, that math is a, is a large subject. And, and uh, I'm just using this as an example, as a, just a, a larger, a broad subject, so much. But when you are in that, that, that moment, you need a tutor to train you on that certain part of this greater matter. And the Bible tells us that the child is the heir already, but is under the tutor. The tutor is training them on the larger spectrum of life. And, 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 and we know that uh, tutoring is effective because what you learn one-on-one is more effective than what you learn in a classroom setting. A classroom setting is great, and we all have experienced classroom setting. And, but most of you in this room could not really recall everything that you learned in a classroom setting, but you could probably recall what you learned in a one-on-one experience, what, what, what this person, if you could call them by name, what this person taught me. And, and because the one-on-one experience is more defining, and what, what I have learned personally from people in my life is more defining than what I've learned on the greater scheme or greater scale of a classroom. It's what, what we personally learn sticks with us longer because it's more intimate, it's more intricate, and it sticks with us longer when it's on a tutoring level more than just a life level. We all have tutors in our life. Even if you don't know that you have them, we have things in our life that have taught us. They have, they have sculpted the way that we learn. They've sculpted the way that we live. They've sculpted the way that we love. They've sculpted the way that we give. They've sculpted the way that we receive these tutors in our life. They've taught us lessons. They've taught us lessons and now this is how we learn because we always go back to that experience and we learn based upon this experience in our life and this is how I see it now. And every time in my life when I'm dealing with this subject, I see it this way because that's what I learned when I was a child. Figuratively speaking and literally speaking. When I was a child, I I was homeschooled from uh, from about fourth grade to seventh, eighth grade. 
And uh, as a part of that homeschool, uh, it was a whole curriculum. And I remember, I, I can see it in my head right now. It was, uh, I was trying to learn my multiplication tables. And so my mother ordered this, this multiplication, uh, you know, game. And it came in a, a cardboard round, you know, cup-like thing. And it was rulers. And when you take the ruler out, it was like a long ruler, had all these edges on it, and it had a long string. And you would take the string, and you would start on one side. If it was the ones, you would start on one side, and it would say one times one is, and you would find the one on the other side. You take that piece of string, and you bring it down to the other one, and you bring it up two times one is two, and you would bring it around. And, you would, and when, you would, you, when you would get it all right, it would have a design on it. You know, and you and you would try to make that. It was almost like a puzzle, and so that's how I learned my multiplication tables with them little rulers and a piece of yarn in that cardboard cup. And even now, I'm 40 years old. When someone gives me a multiplication problem, I still see them stupid rulers <laughs> because that's how I learned it when I was a child. And so no matter what, no matter how old I get, no matter how educated I become, I still see it how I learned it. And if you try to say, well, no, 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 what you do is you take this number, I'm like, stop, stop talking because you're messing me all up. I don't want to learn it a better way because this is how I learned it when I was a child. And I still see it that way because that's the way that I learned it. And ever how you learned it is still how you see it. And it doesn't matter if it's him tomorrow or her, to, or her yesterday or them next week. You're still going to see it the same way, how you learned it when you was a child. This is how I learned. And because you were tutored in that way, because you learned that way, tutors are teachers and they teach us things. And when I was a child, I was, the Bible says, the child was the heir. He was the Lord of all, but he was under tutors being trained in a certain way. And some of you, you still give in your relationships because you still see it that way. You still receive in your relationships because you see it that way. You still, you're going back to that little multiplication ruler and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how great you become. It doesn't matter what you achieve in your life. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how, how old you get. It just, we, we always go back to what was settled in our hearts when we were a child. I'm preaching to somebody today because uh, you, you keep trying, but you keep going back to the same vicious cycle and you could tie it back to something in your life. Every time you see love, you see it like this. Every time you see trust, you see it like this. Every time you see commitment, you see it like this. Every time you even see God, you see it like this because somewhere in your past, you learn something. Hallelujah. I'm talking to, I know we're not running out, but that's okay. I'm preaching. Preach, Pastor. You're doing good. Thank you so much. Glory. Amen. We, we all have a certain way that we see it, and we're all different. Every one of us are different. Uh, me and you, we don't see love the same way. We see love differently. We, we do. Don't hey, Listen, the, the greatest microcosm of life is a marriage. We take these two people who were raised totally different, trained totally different, tutored totally, and we shove them in one house. And God sits back and just watches. Hmm. And she's like, well, I was raised that we all sit at the table and eat dinner together. He's like, well, I, my, I've never seen my dad sit at the table in my life. He sat on the couch. I'm not coming to the table. But that's how we eat dinner right here. 
Okay, okay. My bad, my bad, my bad. Easy breezy. What kind of animals eat at the recliner? My father, you call my family animals? Yeah, you're just like your daddy. And if you would ever, if you want a table turned over in your house, if you want a table turned over or a, a wall kicked out, or if you want some knuckle prints on somewhere in your house, say these words. You're just like your daddy. Oh, for Rizzle? Uh, let me show you how. Let me, let me show you. I, I can be like him if you want me to be like him. I'll set this bad boy on fire with you in it. And if you ever want to go to your dinner table every time wondering, is this poison or not? Say this. You just like your mama. Oh, okay. And you know why we get so mad? You know why we get so mad? Because they're so true. Only the truth hurts. Lies, lies don't hurt like that. Lies just bounce off like water off a duck's back. But truth, truth, truth be getting down deep. You're like, you're just like your daddy. What? Are you telling me I'm? Ah, see? I rest my case. Because you are, because we've learned. We have a learning problem. We are the heir. God has called us kings and he's called us queens and he's called us princes and he's called us, he's called us ministry and he's called us leadership and he's called us to greatness. But we're still stuck in the tutors of our lives. I can't give because I didn't see it. I didn't see giving. I can't, I can't love because I never saw love. I don't know how to be a father because I didn't have a father. I, I, I don't know how to be a mother because I never really had a good mother. We are still trapped the teachers of our past tutors and governors don't you know you're the heir don't you know that all this is yours don't you know that God gave you authority don't you know that God that you are the Lord of all don't you know that God gave you peace don't you know that God gave you love why do you keep going back to the weak and beggarly elements of the world Ah, those teachers they teach us tutors teach us and governors govern Governor is a limiter. We have government today because government is literally in place to limit us. Yeah, that's why government is. Government is a limitation. That's why God set up judges. You think the book of Judges is about some dudes with black robes on? Well, the book of Judges is about limitations. God put people in place to limit because who knows the heart of a man? It is exceedingly wicked. And if we didn't have no limits, we'd just lose our minds. That's why they called it the wild, wild west. Because the government hadn't really got out there yet. And people was just killing folks. Did you look at me cross-eyed? Well, I may have. Bam! Bobby killed Bobby. Everybody was named Bobby back then. Hey, you stole my horse. No, this is my horse. Bam! Oh, man, that was your horse. My bad. It kind of looked like my horse. <laughs> hey, look. Man, my... Somebody ride his mama. No limits because there was no government. But when government got in place, it set limitations because government is limits. Government brings in limitations. And, and we see this on a vehicle. Anybody ever drove something that had a governor on it, like a golf cart? When I was about 16, 17, I worked at a golf course called Kings Grant in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fayette Nam, as we call it. Um, 
And, and when I worked at that golf course, man, I, it, was, it was a great place. I, I, I love my time there. That's why I really learned how to love golf because, you know, you work all day, and then in the afternoon you get free golf. Do you play golf all afternoon? And we, there, there was a couple uh, golf carts in the, in the, you know, we had a bunch of golf carts, but we knew the numbers of the ones that the governor was messed up on. And them governors had been filed down or taken out or something. And the governor, if you've, ever, if you've ever been in a golf cart and you're going down a hill and you feel it kind of almost stop on you, that's a governor. The governor's limiting how fast you can go. It's a governor. Because they know that this is a golf cart not meant to be going 50. <laughs> now, it's not meant for that. But now, now we would try it out. We'd just see how fast we could go. We, we knew the golf carts. They didn't have the governors. And we'd drive them down the hills as fast as they would go. And then you, when you get to the bottom of the hill, you just hold it hard left and it's Fun times, thrown from several of them, because without the governor, there's no limit, and many of us in our lives have governors that still limit us. There are people in this room right now, you are gifted and called, but you're limited. You have authority in your family, but you're limited. You have authority in the throne room, but you're limited. There are things in your past, governors, that has governed you back. And every time you feel like God's about to move me, you are governed. Every time you feel like God's about to do something in my life, I feel good. It's that governor. Oh, I, I, I know you're not running aisles, but I'm preaching good right now. Every, every time God calls you out and God separates you aside and you feel like, you know what, I'm about to do something for God and you feel the freedom and the liberty of the Holy Ghost in you, you remember something in your past that governs you back to that same old quiet person that you are comfortable being because of your tutors and your governors. I wish I had a praying church. It limits you, and because there is a limit, you can't break free from the limit that's been set. I'm reminded of the, of the, of the uh, limitations uh, experiment that they did with fleas. This is a true story. You can look it up. They would take fleas and put them in a jar. As soon as the flea would hit the jar, it would jump out of the jar. Boop, boop. They'd take a, a jar and pour all the fleas in a jar. And as soon as the fleas get in a jar, they jump out of the jar. Then they took the fleas, and then when they got them in the jar, they put a lid on it. And they left them fleas in there for days. And then they took the lid off. And not one flea would jump out of the jar. Because over time, they realized there's a ceiling in this thing. And their mental capacity, the way they thought. You see, most of us, we have no limitations in people. People aren't limiting us. We think that. We put that on people. She's limiting me. He's limiting me. They hold me back. She hold me back. It's holding me back. My job hold me back. I, I, I could, I would, but. But really the limitation is always in your head. There was no lid, but when they, when they removed the lid, the flea would not jump out because in his mind he remembered there's a, there's a, I don't want to hit my head against that ceiling again. I don't want to fail again. I don't want to. I'm preaching to somebody right now. This is a good word. I don't, I don't want to try again because I don't want to fail again. I don't want to love again because I don't want to be hurt again. I don't want to trust again because I don't want to be betrayed again. Am I preaching to anybody in the house? The governor, it governs you back. And when you want to give your all, you can't give your all. And that 
translates into the church where people are called and gifted and anointed and powerful, but you don't even know it. You don't even know it. You are a child. You are a child, but you are the heir. You are the Lord of all. You, you, you have the ability. You have the power. You have the authority, but you are under tutors and governors. It's pulling you back. My God. Limitations that are always set are set in our mind. Watch what's first, first Corinthians, first Corinthians 13, 11. This is a very familiar scripture. You'll, you'll recognize it when I begin it. Uh, Paul says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, I, I want to point this out. I want to point this out that none of that changed to make him a man. He just became a man. And then he put away childish things. Can I, can I just speak to the men for a minute? I didn't even do this in 9 o'clock. But I put the Holy Ghost right there. I just, the Lord just stopped me, you know. Let me just speak to all the men in this house. Can, can, are, are you listening? All the men listening? You, turn, turn it up. There is nothing that you have to do to become a man. There's no mountain to climb. There's no achievement. There's no amount of money in the bank account. There's nothing you have to do to become a man. I don't care what your daddy told you. I don't care what your ex-wife told you. I don't care what your current wife told you. I don't care what your mama told you. I don't care what your boss told you. I don't care what your friends told you. There is no accomplishment in this world that will make you a man. You just wake up one day and you a man. Oh, look, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. No, I'll prove it to you. I'm going to help somebody right now. You know why I know? Because there is no woman in here that ever had to do anything to become a woman. You woke up one day, some change in your body, and we celebrated you. Woo! She become a woman. We called grandma, auntie, Pookie and them, called everybody. You called, you got on the phone with your mama, got on the phone with your auntie and them. They were like, ooh, you old girl, you a woman now, baby. You got to act like a woman. You got to be a woman now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You a woman now. And we just give away womanhood. And we hold back manhood. We just throwing womanhood out like, get, you a woman, you a woman, get you some. You get some, you get some. You a woman now, hey, you a woman now, we just throw it out. Get you some, you get some. Manhood is trapped. Manhood is trapped by money, success, mountains. They, they, they try to tell me that I became a man when I was in combat. I was 25 years old, I had been a man. You telling me that I got to go get shot at to be a man? That's a lie. That's a lie. You mean you tell me I, I, somehow I miraculously became a man when I was in combat? Well, what about all the men that I know that never been in combat? I'm, are you telling me that they're not men because they didn't experience what I experienced? That's a lie from the devil. No, 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 no. Every man in this room, just like that little girl, there's nothing you had to do. You just became a man. Didn't happen. But you know what? When we become men, nobody makes no phone calls. Most of the time when a man becomes a man, is shrouded in fear and guilt and shame. And we hide away the feelings that are inside of us. The Bible says when I became a man, I, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I understood like a child, I thought like a child, but when I became a man, I put that away. It, it, it wasn't, I put that away, so I became a man. 
ain't nobody trying to talk to me this morning. I'm trying to help somebody in here. Because you thought you wasn't a man because you ain't. Listen, I know what she's trying to tell you, but forget, forget her. You, forget what she's trying to tell you. You ain't no man. You ain't bringing no money home. You know, money ain't got nothing to do with manhood. That man was a man before you ever met him. In God's eyes, he was a man. And we keep trapping manhood and success, trapping manhood and money, trapping manhood. And I know every man sitting in this room, you struggle with your manhood because nobody ever told you you was a man. But I came to tell you today, baby, you a man. And now that you're a man, it's time to put away childish things. I don't care if you got money in your bank account or not. I don't care if you got a nice car or not. I don't care if you got an education or not. Well, you are a man. Walk in that thing, sir. Live in that thing, sir. Don't let nobody tell you you are or are not. I know I'm a man. And I'm going to live like it. I'm going to walk like it. I'm going to talk like it. Amen. Watch what he said. The Bible's always in reverse. It's always in reverse. Anytime you read the Bible, the Bible was not written by an American, so it doesn't fit our con conscious thinking. The Bible's always in reverse. It's always backwards. When you see three things in a row, just know that the last thing is the most important thing. In the Bible, when you see three things in a row, just know that the first thing, the first thing that it says is not like we always start with the less and we go to the greatest. That's all we do in our, in our concepts. But the Bible always starts with the greatest thing. He said, I spake, I understood, and I thought. And me and you all know that everything that comes out of our mouths begins in our heads. I thought like a child, so I understood like a child. And because I thought like a child and because I understood like a child, I was talking like a child. And I come to preach to somebody today that God is about to step into your mind. He's going to change the way you think so that you can change the way you understand so that you can change the way you talk. Because some of us got stinking thinking. And because of our stinking thinking, we talk negatively about ourselves, about our lives, about where we're going, about where we've been, about what we are. We speak the negative because we think the negative. If it's not in the well, it cannot come up in the bucket. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It's got to be in your head before it comes out of your mouth. And the power of life and death is in the tongue. It's in the tongue. The power of life and death is in your mouth. So be careful what you let in your mind because if you're not careful about what you let in your mind, it'll come out your mouth and your mouth will damn you. Your mouth will destroy you. Your mouth can destroy your family. Your mouth can destroy your children. Your mouth can destroy your home. Your mouth can destroy your future. So get your mind right so your mouth will be right. I wish I had I know what the tutors told you. I know what the governors told you. But get that out of your mind. That's not how it is anymore. That's not how it's going to be anymore. I'm walking differently. I'm talking differently. I'm living. When I was a child, I thought that way. When I was a child, I understood that way. When I was a child, I talked that way. But now that i become a man, now that I know that I'm an heir, now that I know that God's on my side, I put away all that childish thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians. Galatians tells us. 
it says we were under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father even so we when we were children were in bondage under the elements of the world watch verse 4 but when the fullness of time was come when the fullness of time was come when the fullness of time was come God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons are you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying that when Christ came, when Christ came, he came to deliver you from the tutors and the governors that you were under that ye might receive the adoptive spirit of God that I can say now I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God, and my past does not control my future. I don't know why the Lord told me to preach this at the first Sunday of 2020, but somebody's about to walk into 2020 a lot different than you walked into any other year. You're about to walk in and say, you know what? I'm not controlled by what happened yesterday. I'm not controlled by the tutors and the governors that raised me up to think this way, to live this way, to walk this way, to give this way, to act this way, but I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I'm adopted son of God. I'm an adopted daughter of God. God brought me into this thing and he changed my name. And when he changed my name, he changed my past so he could change my future. Somebody don't believe me. It's okay. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature all things are passed away behold all things are become new and you know why you didn't shout right there cause you don't believe it I'm preaching good whether you want to believe it or not it's fine we keep reading this scripture and we don't shout because we don't believe it. Because we still remember the old things. We still walking in the old things. We still talking in the old things. The old things still controlling you right now. And let me promise you something. I'm not just up here preaching no message. I know how it feels to be controlled by your past. I've lived that life. I've driven in that car and I run the tires off of that bad boy. I know what it feels like to be controlled by what happened to me when I was a child, literally and figuratively. And so I know that when that scripture comes across, me and you, we sit there and go, amen, amen. But we don't believe it because we are still dealing with the old things. We're still dealing with the tutors and the governors. And those tutors and governors are still controlling us. But can I tell you, you may have his last name, but you don't have to be your daddy. I wish I had some help right there. You may have her last name, but you don't have to be your mama. I know what they did to you, but you don't have to walk in that no more. I know how the first husband betrayed you, but you don't got to walk in that no more. I know how the first wife put you down, but stop living by what she did to you. Stop living by what he did to you. I know that you've been through some stuff, but behold, the old things have passed away. And now. I'm walking in the 2020, a new creature. You ain't never seen me before. You ain't never seen me before because I'm a new creature. Oh, 
old things are passed away and behold all things have become new I'm walking in the newness of life I'm going to believe this scripture this is going to be my scripture for 2020 because I'm going to believe if any man be in Christ he is a new creature Stop quoting it and walk in it. I got about half of you. I got about half of you. I don't know if my lungs and ribs can get the rest of you. But maybe the word can. For unto us a child is born, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a son is given. I'm closing. And the government shall be upon him. <laughs> this, is why, this is why Jesus said... It's why Jesus said, take my yoke. You see, there is never a time in your life when you will be yokeless, ever. You're going to be controlled by something. If it ain't alcohol, it'll be some dude. If it ain't drugs, it'll be some girl. If If it ain't what's happened presently, it's what happened in the past. Your whole life, you're going to be under a yoke. And we know this. We know that there is, that, that people are under yoke because I've watched millionaires, multi-millionaires who people loved and adored be found in their closet hanging by their necks. You tell them to spend the money they got. Got everything at their fingertips, but the tutors and governors are still teaching and limiting. So, don't tell me that there's something you can achieve. You know, you're always going to be under a yoke, always. There's something that's always going to, you you can never say I'm yokeless. You will always be under a yoke. Here's the choice you have. Only one choice. The choice is this. Whose yoke? Will you be under? If I can't not have a yoke, I choose the yoke. The watch the Bible says, He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek, lowly. My yoke is easy, and my burden is. <laughs> if, if, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't go, I can't go yokeless, but I can choose my yoke. And I choose easy and I choose light. And don't you dare look at me and tell me, oh no, no, that's just religion talking. No, no, no. We 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 keep religion in that certain mind. That's us. We do that, but God don't do that. We we do that. Church the church folk do that kind of stuff where we make religion heavy and we make doctrine heavy. But Jesus said it is easy. And it is light when you put it on. I've had had that yoke on before, baby. And it is heavy. And it is stressful. And it is weary. And I've had his yoke on. And it is easy. And it is light. And I... I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I took it off years ago and I put on his yoke and it is easy and it is light. He keeps me. 
<laughs> you can't lie to me now. You can't lie to me now and tell me to go back. You can't lie to me now and tell me it's better out there than it is in here. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. I've been under that yoke. It crushed me. But now that I'm under his. It's easy. Does it govern me? Absolutely. Does it limit me? Absolutely. It, yes, it limits me. Yes, it governs me. But it's easy. I was, I was limited out there too. That world governed me too. It governed who I talked to. It governed where I went. It governed who I loved. It, 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 it governed who I cared for. It, it governed who I trusted. It governed me. But now he governs me. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called wonderful. <laughs> I ain't never heard nobody say alcoholism is wonderful. I ain't never heard nobody say methamphetamine addiction is wonderful. Because that yoke is heavy. And that yoke is stressful. But his yoke is easy. And is light. And he shall be called wonderful. <laughs> Counselor. The mighty God. There will be no end to his peace. If any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, stay with me all over the room, I'm closing. If any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, when I, when I went down in this water, I went down in this water. I went down in the name of Jesus. Oh, it, was, it, was a, it was a physical moment, but it was a spiritual release. When I came up out of the water, I came up new. A new, new creature, new, new walk, new life. Has there been pain? Absolutely. Has there been lost? You better believe it. Have I struggled? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like the guy at, at Chuck E. Cheese, we used to call it showbiz, y'all call it Chuck E. Cheese. I, I feel like the guy at Chuck E. Cheese at the whack-a-mole. You ever played the whack-a-mole game? It keep popping up and you keep hitting. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like that in my spiritual walk. That old man keeps... <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I just it, it, all day, all every day, I'm just keeping the old man. But there was a time in my life when I didn't, hit, I didn't swing the hammer at all. I just let him come up, let him come up and destroy relationships. Let him come up and hurt people. Let him come up and cheat. Let him come up and steal. Let him come up and fornicate. Let him come up and I let him just, I let him do what he wanted to do. But when I got that yoke on me, I stand at the ready. Paul said it like this, I die daily. Every day I got to keep that old man at bay because he wants to pop up on me every now and again. But now that I got this yoke on me, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to keep him at bay than it is to deal with the mess that he makes. God's reaching for somebody today. 
I'm not playing in 2020. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach like this every Sunday. I'm going to preach hard as I can. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm preach the devil out of you. I'm going to preach heaven into you. I'm not playing. I'm not, because God's coming back. And right now, you are everything God called you to be. You just don't know it. Because the tutors and the governors. If you keep reading Galatians, I think it's around verse 9. Eight, eight, nine, maybe eight. Galatians four. Elements of the world. When you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. I'll go back seven. Maybe it's seven. Oh yeah, there it is. Nine. I was right. But now, after you have known God, or rather known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Do you want to be in bondage again? How would you go back? I got a text message this morning in between services. You know what the text message said? It said, Pastor Chavis, the Lord told me today that God's sending a window restoration to True Chapel and prodigals will be coming in. I texted him back. I said, I receive it in Jesus' name. He said, let me know if I'm out of order. I said, you ain't out of order. I covet this word because I know there's some people that went back to some beggarly elements, but God's calling them out of that. I said, hey, hey, get away from those tutors and governors and come out here into freedom. Do you feel what I feel? I feel chains falling. I feel minds being set free. I feel understanding happening. Understanding. I know now. I, I realize it now. I see it now. The devil cannot keep me bound if I know what he's binding me with. Would you just reach over and touch somebody close to you right now? Put your hand on their shoulder. Maybe hold a hand. Whatever is, whatever is appropriate. Just pray with somebody close to you right now. In the name of Jesus. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I felt to do this in the first service. And I feel to do it right now. Because there's somebody in this house you're just now realizing. You're just now seeing what God's about to do in your world. You're, just, you're about to break through a barrier. You're about to break through a limitation. You're about to break out of some teaching. I know what the enemy taught you. I know what the life taught you. I know what your daddy did, your mama. I, I know that they taught, those tutors taught you. But I'm praying right now that you would pray for your neighbor. Pray for your, if you can't pray for yourself, pray for your neighbor right now. God set them free. God deliver them. God bring them out. God break every chain that's on their life. Come on. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them hard. Pray for them fervently. For the prayers of a righteous man. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.